Thank you so much for listening to the Jesus Family Podcast, where we want to help you follow Jesus and find family. We are nearing the end of a 12-part series called The Unholy Trinity, Understanding Your Most Dangerous Enemies. This is episode 10, Pants on Fire. I remember several years ago reading in the news and being horrified like everyone else about the Flint, Michigan water crisis. Trying to go through the layers, what it boils down to, no pun intended, was that the people of Flint, Michigan had been drinking contaminated water from the Flint River, which contained much higher levels of lead in the water than anyone should be exposed to. And so it led to a series of just disasters and uh, lawsuits, but most importantly, uh, disease and loss of life from the people of Flint, Michigan themselves, because they were drinking contaminated water for years and they didn't know it. We'll come back to that in a minute. We are nearing the end of a 12-part series on the Unholy Trinity, helping you understand your most dangerous enemies. Over the last four episodes, we've looked at the first two temptations of Jesus in the wilderness, the temptation to turn stones to bread and how that is the temptation of the flesh, and then the temptation for Jesus to accept all the kingdoms of the world in exchange for his worship of the devil and how that is the temptation of the world. And for these next two episodes, we're going to go with the final temptation, and we are saving the worst to last. This is the temptation of the devil himself, and it's the temptation when the devil tried to get Jesus to throw himself off the temple. We're going to get to that temptation, the actual temptation itself, in the next episode. This episode is just going to be a general overview of the devil, who he is, why he's so destructive, and why we keep falling for the devil's lies. So, who is the devil? If you piece together different passages from the Old Testament and the New Testament, you get a fairly comprehensive view of the devil. The devil was a fallen angel. He was one of the angels in heaven. At some point, he led a rebellion against God, lost, was cast down to the earth, and has been wreaking havoc ever since. Now, he does have some authority in this world, Jesus himself in John 14, 29 calls the devil the prince of this world. So he's not the king, that's God, but he does have some authority. He is the prince of this world. Paul, in Ephesians 2, 1 through 4, calls him the ruler of the kingdom of the air. And actually that whole passage, Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 4, really contains the entire unholy trinity, the world, the flesh, and the devil. It's worth a read. So the devil has some authority, but it's important to know that he's not equal with God. It's not like God and the devil are locked in this battle and we're not sure who's going to win. No, God is the ultimate power. And the devil has power, but nothing equal with God. So that leads to some bigger questions, many of which we won't have time to get to in this episode, like if God knew the devil was going to rebel, then why did he create him in the first place? That Those are much bigger issues In this episode, I just want to try to deal with the reality of the devil, that he exists, and that Jesus called him the prince of this world. So where did he get that authority? Actually, I think that the earlier temptation, the one just before this, when the devil was tempting Jesus with the kingdoms of the world, I think it's actually incredibly instructive. If you remember, when the devil tempts Jesus, he says, 
you know, I will give you all the kingdoms of the world and their authority and their splendor. And then he says, it has been given to me and I can give it to anyone that I want to. Now, as we're about to find out, the devil is a liar. So maybe he was lying about this. What's interesting to note is that Jesus does not contradict him on this fact, that the kingdoms of the world had been given to him. So how was it given to him? That goes back to, I think, the Garden of Eden. God had given the mandate to rule the world to mankind, Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply and just fill the earth and subdue it. And then when the devil, the serpent in Genesis 3, tempts Adam and Eve with the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, there was a hidden cost in there that Satan failed to mention. Yes, they would gain the knowledge of good and evil, but what they were giving up was their God-given authority. So that's how I think, my theory at least, of how the devil was given the authority over the world. It was freely given but through the deception of Adam and Eve. Why is the devil so destructive? Well, I think there are lies out there, and this can become a recurring theme because the devil is a liar and the father of lies. But a lot of times when we think of the devil, we think of a you know, guy with a pitchfork, or we think of the other extreme, all these horror movies and demon possessions and bodies levitating and heads floating around. That the devil is like a, a wizard or is a warlock or he's got some sort of superpower. And I think the devil is fine with that because it's a lie and it masks his true danger. It's important to remind ourselves that the devil has no ultimate power over us. Again, going back to John 14, 39, when Jesus told his disciples, I must go because the prince of this world is coming. He has no power over me. And now the spirit lives in those who follow Jesus. The spirit of Jesus lives in those who follow Jesus. So the devil has no power over us. So why is he so destructive? It's because he's a liar. John 8, 44. Jesus said, you, he's speaking to the religious leaders, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Lies are the primary weapon of the devil. To which you may think, all right, is that it? I mean, no wand, no, you know, superpower, just lies. Are lies even that destructive? Absolutely. Let me give you some examples. We'll start off with an obvious one and then we'll try to make it a little more personal. Can lies ever lead to destruction? Think Hitler's Nazi Germany. A nation led by a liar and all he did was lie. And did that cause any destruction and mayhem? Yes, it caused an entire world war and the deaths of tens of millions of people because of lies. Lies are incredibly destructive. Let's make it more personal. What lies did you live out as you've grown older and thought back, you know, and, and you've realized, you know, some of the things I was taught or some of the things I just assumed about life, they were lies and it led to destructive choices. What were some lies that you grew up thinking about marriage or maybe about your value or about your self-worth or maybe about that other person. Did you ever believe a lie that, oh, this person really loves me, so I'm going to do this or I'm going to give up this or I'm going to choose to do this or if I do this, I will get ahead or maybe you were 19 and you thought you were indestructible and you believed the lie that your actions had no consequences. What lies did you live out about love, about the world, about addiction? 
lies can be incredibly destructive. If you want to strip down the fundamental identity of God and the devil, the lowest common denominator, it's truth versus lies. That God is truth. Jesus would say, I am the way and the truth and the life. And the devil is a liar. If you want to understand the fundamental difference between God and the devil, between Jesus and the devil, it's the difference between truth and lies. And the reason the devil's lies are so destructive is because he doesn't have to make us do anything. Because if we believe a lie, we'll do it ourselves. That's why the devil can be so powerful even though he holds no power over us. If he can get us to believe a lie, we will destroy our own lives and the lives of those around us underneath our own power. Because we live, we're created to live out our version of truth, whether it's the truth or not. And our actions have incredible consequences. And if those actions are based off of lies, it can be incredibly destructive. Let me just share one more illustration. I even shudder to think about this because I love my kids so much, but I've got four kids all still living at home. The oldest two are teenagers. So let's just kind of take them out of the equation. Let's say my two youngest kids, they're eight and 10 right now. Let's say I just decided to pour lies into their head and I just shudder even to think about it because I love them so much. But let's say I just poured lies intentionally into their heads every day about their value, about the value of others, about the world. What if I just told them every day that they were ugly or fat or stupid or, or worthless or the only way that they could gain value in the world is to hurt others or it didn't matter if they looked at things they weren't supposed to look at or did things to themselves that they weren't supposed to do. If I just filled their heads with lies, but didn't make them do anything because of the power of those lies and because of my position as an authority figure, do you think that my words would lead to a screwed up life for them? Yes, absolutely. And it would be horrific. And again, I shudder to even think about it because I love them so much. Lies are incredibly destructive because we live out our version of truth every single day. And I say our version because sometimes our version of truth is the truth, but too often our version of the truth is a lie. And so why do we keep falling for the devil's lies? Simply because we don't think they're lies. He is really, really good about masking his identity and his intentions. Go back to Flint, Michigan. Why did the people of Flint, Michigan drink contaminated water so long? It's not because they knew it was contaminated water. It's because they didn't know, because they thought it was safe. They thought tap water was safe, which is an assumption that hundreds of millions of people make every single day. We keep falling for the devil's lies because he masks his intentions. And when you, and he masks it through the unholy trinity. Because when he deceives you, he deceives you with something that there's, that you want part of you, that fleshly part of you actually wants and he masks his intentions because it's being parroted and it's being validated by those around us by authority figures around us whether that be you know someone in our household or an influencer or a news person or someone in the government i mean we hear it validated this lie validated and we think that person can't be wrong or that person can't be wrong or all these people can't be wrong and so we keep falling for it because lies are everywhere and we don't stop long enough to question the lies or we don't know how to question the lies. Now you would think the world is full of lies. I'll just stay in the church and I'll stay away from the lies and I'll just stay in the truth in the church. 
And that would be amazing if it was always true. But the devil is strong enough and smart enough to infiltrate the church. Go back to John chapter 8, verse 44. When Jesus said, you belong to your father, the devil, he's a liar and he's the father of lies. Remember who Jesus was speaking to. He was speaking to the religious leaders of the day, the pastors of the day, the people who were in charge of the worship of God. And you might say, well, I've got a Bible verse to believe, uh, to back up what I believe. Okay. When the devil tempted Jesus to throw himself off the temple, do you know what he used to back it up? A Bible verse. So just because you have a Bible verse, the devil knows the Bible too. And just because your pastor says it's true, as long as your pastor hasn't given into the world the flesh of the devil, then that's fine. But the devil is everywhere. Why do we keep falling for the devil's lies, even inside the church sometimes? Because we don't know their lies. And that's the devil's genius. He is like that chemical company. Pouring pollutants and toxins into the water. He's not doing it right there in front of our face. He is 20 miles upstream. He prefers to stay in the shadows. And all we're doing is we're just drinking the tap water every day. Not even realize what we're drinking. Right now. There is a lie in your life that you are living out and it is destructive to you and it is destructive to those around you. And the reason you're living it out is because you don't know it's a lie. Right now in my life, there is a lie that I'm living and if I knew it, I would stop it. But I can't tell. I think it's the truth. We live lies because we think it's the truth. And that's one of the reasons why I think it was so important for Jesus to reveal what happened in the wilderness. When Jesus talked about his time with the devil, he was not bragging. He was not showing off. He was exposing the works of the devil. The devil prefers to work in the darkness. He is that chemical company that wants to operate out of sight and he's dumping toxins into the water supply 30 miles upstream and he doesn't want anyone to notice. And so what Jesus did when he told the disciples and told us about his time in the wilderness is he brought the devil into the light and exposed his playbook. And that's what we're going to look at next. The final temptation of Jesus in the wilderness when Satan tried to tempt Jesus with the Bible verse to throw himself off the temple. That's next. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Jesus Family Podcast. I just released a brand new resource I would love to give you for free. If you go to www.thejesus.family new, put in your email address and I'll send it straight to you. Thanks.